Welcome to the Good Growing Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Enroth, horticulture educator with the University of Illinois Extension, based in frigid, cold Macomb, Illinois. We had one of our coldest nights of the winter. This past night uh, was about minus five when I woke up uh, this morning, according to the phone. But I have a question for you. Is your house full of visitors that annoy you, eat your food, and can lead to great exasperation and hollering? Now, I'm not talking in-laws and extended family. What I really mean are the fact that mice have decided to move into your home for the winter months. Now, in the wild, these creatures would look for shelter to survive the winter months, and your house is a lot cozier than that dead log in the woods. And it, it recently happened in my house, where my wife, she was wiping down the counter, and she moved our blender, and I heard her shout my name, um, and she said, I think we have a mouse. So came over, and sure enough, as we looked around the counter and expect, uh, we inspected along the wall right there, there were some mouse droppings. So my first reaction when I see mouse droppings is I, I go to the pantry, because that's where all of the things are that they like to eat. And I rooted around in the pantry. Thankfully, nothing there. So we don't have to toss away our rice or any of our, our pasta, anything like that. So that was good news. And because of that cold weather that I was talking about, you know, besides that, we've had a pretty mild winter up until about now. Um, so that means a lot of the critters have stayed outside. And they've been active, uh, you know, doing their thing outside. But with our recent snow and very, very cold weather, lots of people are having problems with mice invading their homes. Something you should know, in my house, I catch and release all manner of living things. So spiders get to live, they get released back outside, um, you know, ladybugs, things like that. The only things that I actually kill are uh, mosquitoes, flies, and things like fruit flies. But usually, anything else gets to live. Now, there's one thing we have to keep in mind, though, is that mice really should be a pest, considered a pest. And it really should be a, uh, something to, um, that we should be controlling, because mice, they are vermin. Um, especially, you know, rodents like rats. Um, and, and the big thing about this is we are naturally afraid of these tiny little uh, furry creatures, mostly in part because um, in our mind we know that they have this potential to carry some pretty nasty diseases. And so because of this, we really should, if they get into the house, we do need to take some type of controlled measure. So following the discovery of our new uh, kitchen house guest, I have a dog and a cat, so I sat down with them and and brief them of, you know, if they want to earn their keep, their job was to catch the mouse. And pretty much after hearing my speech, they laid their heads down and went back to sleep. So it was going to be up to me to catch and get rid of this mouse. Let me share my my kind of my mouse control strategy with you. So the first thing is uh, I do have uh, a larger, uh, it's a live trap uh, in the garage. And we also have a couple of snap traps in the garage. Um, but usually, um, you know, I put it in the garage because that's where I, I usually see the mice. Uh, and that's where they tend to be the most active. And every once in a while, I guess they just get into the house. Uh, but the, the live trap that I have, I first saw it on 
uh, YouTube actually with University of Nebraska Extension when they're talking about controlling voles. That's voles with a V. And a few years past, we definitely had a vole problem in my yard, so got that, took care of the problem. Uh, and the trap works really well also for catching mice. They're both the similar size rodent. And it, it, it works really, really well uh, for kind of uh, heading off the mouse in the garage before it gets into the house itself. Now, the, the thing about live traps is... Um, you, you have to make sure that you're checking them routinely because you do not want that animal to suffer at all, uh, you know, from starvation or exposure, you know, if it's really cold outside or really hot. Now, this is kind of where we get into the weeds here. Probably just, we'll just say controversy about what do we do with a captured mouse. And, and really, your options are you can release them or you can euthanize them. Now the trap that I bought actually says one way to euthanize um, uh, voles or rodents that are captured is uh, you drown them in a five gallon bucket of water. Now if you would ask probably any vet, um, and actually I looked on the American uh, Veterinary Medical Association website, drowning is not listed as a humane way of euthanization. It's actually the opposite. Um, uh, and so what they recommend is for euthanizing, if you're going to go that route, is um, CO2 asphyxiation, which, um, you know, you can get CO2 cartridges basically any hardware store um, or, or outdoor store. You know, they say if you catch a lot of mice, you can build your own um, container to do this or simply do it in like a styrofoam cooler uh, something like that Sl put the mouse in there slowly release the co2 the mouse falls asleep and dies uh, the other option that they give is what they call cervical dislocation which is breaking the mouse's neck you know i've never really had the stomach for um, neck breaking or uh, uh, drowning. So typically what we do in my house is we have a creek in our backyard. We go across the creek and we release them there. You know, that's actually perfectly fine to do. Uh, if you do have any questions about what to do with like captured, um, animals, most fur bearing animals, you need some type of permit to use. However, they're like small mammals. That's mice, rats, voles, moles, shrews, gophers, ground squirrels, and chipmunks, those are fur-bearing mammals that you can either kill or um, move somewhere else. Uh, there's there's no need to get a permit for anything like that. If you do ever have questions about that, uh, one website that is a really great resource is called Living with Wildlife in Illinois. And actually, I just pulled this up online just now looking, you know, they have this great document. It's a flowchart. It's called Controlling Nuisance Mammals in Illinois. Basically, it lists all of the different types of mammals, and then that's a flowchart showing what to do you know, with that mammal should you, like, capture it or um, trap it or anything like that. And so they say, yep, yeah, is something that you can do is you can kill or relocate those mammals. Now, there are some some kind of asterisks here. Um, looks like there are some exceptions. There are some endangered rodents out there. The Eastern Wood Rat, Rice Rat, and Franklin's Ground Squirrel are listed as endangered or threatened species. The other thing is they, they, they mentioned shrew. Now, this is kind of uh, an aside, but I think um, shrews, uh, they're very different than the other rodents. They're actually 
known as insectivores they're, or also carnivores. They eat meat, um, they're actually voracious predators of insects, and they have such a high metabolism that they usually have to eat two to three times their body weight every single day. So you'll see them eating lots of insects, but they will also go after other rodents or mice. They'll go after, you know, things like small snakes, some pests, uh, larger insects, things like that. So shrews, you can kind of tell them apart from other uh, mice because they have a longer snout. Uh, they kind of almost look like a mole, but you, that you can see their eyes, and they, but they have the similar kind of snout as a mole does. And a mole is also an insectivore. They're, they're a carnivore. They eat meat. So those two are related. And if you have a shrew, you know, if you were, if you've identified one in your yard, I would say just leave that one be and it will take care of the mice and, you know, some of the other pests out there for you. Okay, so we covered what to do about euthanizing the mice and kind of what happens uh, in my first line of defense, which is my garage. Now, indoors, if they get inside, it's all snap traps. And basically what I do is I bait um, some snap traps with peanut butter. Peanut butter, I've found over the years, has been one of the best lures. And uh, I use these, they're these plastic ones. It comes with like a little cup on the trigger plate. And I just stick or kind of jam the peanut butter within that cup so they really have to work at it to get that peanut butter out. So we found it on the kitchen counter. It wasn't in the pantry. Um, so I know it's in the kitchen area, kind of probably behind the cabinets, so I put it under the range. And then I put another trap in the pantry just in case Stuart Little found his little rodent jackpot um, with all of our cereals and everything. Best place when you are putting the trap out is to put it right next to or along walls or if you have openings. So I put mine next to the opening under the range where the electrical cord comes in. Because that's usually the path most mice will take. They will stick to the edge of the wall. Some things, some other tips for you if you have, say, uh, trap-shy mice, you know, they're not taking the bait. Uh, you can try baiting the trap on an unset trap. So, you know, you put some peanut butter or something on the trap, or cheese, or rolled oats is another good one. Chocolate's another good one. You, you put that on the trap, but the trap's not set, so they can take it and mess around with the trap and get comfortable with it as much as you want. Let them take it. The next time comes around, you bait the trap and then set the trap. That should work well in kind of familiarizing them with the trap so that you can get them next time. Now, you might also have a very smart mouse that's skilled at stealing bait from a trap without triggering it. So my tip here is you can use like a very small piece of string and in terms of bait, something to use, you could use like a piece of dried fruit, um, you could use some type of nuts, chocolate candy works, uh, even bacon. You take that string and you tie it onto the bait location. So it's really gotta work to get that off and hopefully trigger the trap and then um, it gets them. The one thing if you're using kind of the old fashioned wood snap traps, you might need a third hand in there so you don't also get yourself snapped in the trap. This has happened to me once before. It doesn't feel good. You might be wondering, and you've probably seen these before, poison baits. So University of Illinois Extension, we do offer recommendations for poison baits, but I really do discourage homeowners from using these. And, and this is just, you know, really based on personal experience. Once the mouse 
eats that poison bait, what they do is they will typically go into a wall, a vent, or your attic, and, you know, because they're starting to get sick, so they're just trying to get away from things, and then they die. And then decomposition sets in, and you would not believe, or maybe you do know, how much something so small can smell. Basically, you know, when we lived in Kansas, we would had kind of a recurring problem of mice getting into our place, and um, we rented, and then at the time our landlord, they only used poison bait. And I do remember one occasion a mouse had died in the wall of our bedroom, and we basically couldn't go into our bedroom for like two weeks until everything, the smell wore off. So really discourage folks from using poison baits. The other thing is if that mouse would escape outside, is eaten by a hawk uh, or a neighborhood cat, that poison or whatever it is that you use could be ingested and possibly be fatal to that predator. To keep them out of your house, the, some of the best thing is like a wire mesh. You know, what I used before has been hardware cloth, a quarter inch mesh size or smaller. One thing that's really worked for me well was steel wool. Use that to seal any openings that are about as big as the diameter of a pencil. And don't forget about like common openings that pretty much every house has, like dryer vents um, or where the, the air conditioning hose comes into the house. That's actually how the mice were getting into our place in Kansas was through the AC hose inlet into the house. And pretty much after I took some uh, steel wool and some caulking, I sealed that, that space around the hose up. We never had a mouse in our house again. Other things you can do. Keeping a clean house uh, is important, just kind of scouting around, keeping an eye on things, uh, making sure that you're looking for any mouse droppings. That's very important, especially if you are, you know that your home is prone to getting lots of mice. To keep them out of the house, you know, we say caulk and seal entry points. And also if you have like a pile of leaves or if you got like a pile of mulch next to your home's foundation, that's a great place for them to to hide and kind of plan their their invasion into your home so move those away from the house and that that will limit a lot of different pests not just mice but any other types of like pest insects or snakes and things like that if you are wondering yes we did catch our mouse and it was definitely no thanks to the cat or dog um, uh, it was the trap under the range that captured that mouse. So if you do have any other questions, uh, I know it's kind of a slow time of year. It's the middle of winter uh, for us right now. If, um, but if you have any home gardening or I guess in this case, home uh, invader rodent questions, uh, please feel free to uh, contact your local extension office. We are always here and happy to help. And thank you for listening and keep on growing.